Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar So I was sitting around Wednesday, a little bit hungover, still a little immobile because of the ankle, and my mom and I watched the new Bee Gees documentary on HBO. I knew you were going to bring that up, because I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I thought about it last night. Should I, uh, should I watch? I was watching that, and I was like, the Bee Gees are probably my favorite band that I never want to hear. <laughs> they're such good songwriters and even I like mean, some of those songs they wrote for like Dion Warwick and, and the Kenny and Dolly I lo- but like you know I can't I'm not going to sit around and sing that you know but it's when I hear it I mean, it's just the magnificence of the songwriting is incredible the cool thing about that is once you once you kind of go through their career and then you get to that point where basically Saturday Night Fever's success and this and, and the backlash to disco basically ruined their careers as like performing artists so they had to start writing for other people and when they were kind of playing those songs you were like oh yeah that sounds just like a Bee Gees tune mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like uh, Islands of the Stream I've never I, I didn't know that they wrote mm-hmm. that song but like what it's would you say it, yeah and and the the part when he talks about how they were like oh we just need somebody to do some kind of falsetto here and then he made that sound and they were like that sound what, what's your what's your favorite song after watching it what's your, what do you think your favorite Bee Gees tune is <laughs> The one I'm most likely to listen to is to love somebody because yeah. it's like the most reasonable. But like, <laughs> I mean, the other ones are just like, I'm not ready for that much chest hair and beard and feathered <laughs> hair, you know, at any point ever. Look, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart is a beautiful song. But it when is. he when he comes in with that breath and he's like, All right. he's like, whoa, dude, I have take not, a step back. I have not seen the documentary. <laughs> I should watch it, but I would say just for comedic value, maybe some jive talking. Dude, I mean, seriously <laughs> though, um, Staying Alive. I don't like I mean, Staying Alive is ridiculous. Staying Alive yes, is a yes. great song. It's yeah. so good. How about you? To Love Somebody was my answer, or is my answer. But it's, the, it's such a cool tune. But I was listening to like that that song they wrote for Dionne Warwick, Why Do You Have to Be a Heartbreaker? And it's like the chorus is just, I mean, it's Beatles level pop writing. Yeah, I mean, it really well, is incredible. Um, that's kind of the school, the school they came from, though. Right, know? but they 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 really took it into like a, such a crazy place. I mean, the seventies. I was you know telling my fiance we were talking about, it, and I was like, everything just got so big in the seventies. I mean, there was so much yeah. money, there was so many records sold, the concerts were massive. Like, there were so many drugs, and no one really knew how bad it was for you. Yeah, so folks just went for it. You know, just crazy. Like Peter Frampton, like Frampton Comes Alive being like the highest selling album of all time at that point, and just crazy. Well, that's what it was. The, one of the coolest parts was when Clapton was like, you know, I just told him to go to America and basically record like in Miami where I had just recorded yeah. that album. They did that and, at the same studio. New and he was like, I always thought of them as an R and B band, and they just hadn't discovered that yet. And that was like, hell, hell yeah, Clapton. Oh yeah, dude. Word, words of wisdom. 
Except I don't know about this new fucking song. Apparently, oh, he has that with I was going to bring that up. I haven't listened to it, and I will not listen to <laughs> I, it. I listened to it just to I see. To um, Stand and deliver. It's really cheesy blues song, just with a, a generic blues solo, and just kind of I don't know. It's definitely being panned as just like, a very bad message. <laughs> <laughs> What, oh, it's part of Van Morrison's recent. Uh, yeah, the, it's the, it's the it's anti-lockdown. Is bullshit. Anti-lockdown song, and Clapton sings it. Van Morrison oh wrote it. I was hoping for some sweet Van vocals at least, but didn't it? It's just just Clapton being cheesy and off. Okay, oh, God. He's like <laughs> Van Morrison's like stay home. Na 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 na. Na 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 na. Well, I na, listened. Na na na. Na 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 na. I actually listened and I was wondering. I was like, what if this song also doesn't have a chorus or words to the chorus? Do you think it's possible to write a great song with just a stupid message? Like it's just ridiculous. I don't think anybody could write a. I mean, maybe. Um, I mean, I dig a pony is not stupid, but it's nonsensical and it's a great song. There's some great songs with just questionable. But lyrics. I mean, like like anti. Anti-science, like, okay. anti-science, okay, stupid. Just an ignorant message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rebel Rouser sounds so fucking redneck and racist, and there's no words to it. <laughs> but it is a good melody, as a good guitar riff. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah. Like. Oh yeah. So, kind of just talking about holiday songs. Like, what what are you guys? What are your favorite holiday songs? What would you suggest people listen to during this season? Scientists, primarily. Up here. <laughs> Dr. Fauci, first and foremost, whatever he says about Christmas, do that. Beyond that, um, see, Christmas songs, you almost need categories. Because you can't compare Oh Holy Night to Run Run Rudolph to Christmas for Cowboys. So I almost feel like you almost need, uh, Run Run Rudolph is my favorite, my favorite, like, rock one. Please Come Home for Christmas is another good one of that genre, that vein. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a great... um Sad song. Yeah, yeah. Sad Christmas song. But in terms of like, you know, Christmas overall category, greatest Christmas song ever, like unlimited heavyweight division, Oh Holy Night is the refrain. It it sounds like God, him or her, whoever the fuck wrote it. It's beautiful. It's incredible. It's It's transcendental. And then Mm -hmm. Ave Maria, which I have a, there's a version uh, specifically of, Oh Holy Night by a New Zealand soprano named Kiri Takanawa, and it literally sounds like an angel. Like my mom had it when I was a kid, and I still have it, and it's it's incredible. It makes you believe in good things again. Well, I mean, I feel feel like you can't talk about Christmas songs without talking about Last Christmas by Wham. <laughs> I'm gonna forget you said that, probably because you drug me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. Oh, Oh Holy Night is is up there with Silent Night for me is like the top, the best my you know when I used to sing in church like those songs were really fun to sing and whenever you hear them they're just so nice and beautiful I love Paul McCartney's Simply Having a Wonderful mm-hmm. Christmas is a really good yeah. one I, l- I love some of the classics I, I think my favorite is uh, Little Drummer Boy because it's just so distinct and reminds me of being a child and it's just like boom 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 like I love just the the nature of it. I mean, it's it's a it's a crazy ass song. <laughs> it's fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. But but other than that, that's my favorite like classic. But I'd say other than that, I really like 
some new takes on Christmas songs. <clears throat> One of my favorites is by the Ravenettes. It's called The Christmas Song. And it's just uh, like I thought it was a classic when I first heard it, but it's definitely not. It's it's kind of just like all the lights are coming on now. How I wish that it would snow now. It's it's very good. Uh, War is over. Obviously, Lennon is a classic kind of. Is that the saddest Christmas song? No. Why? I don't, I don't really find that sad. I find it somewhat uplifting. Feels like he's talking about complacency in the world. No, he's talking about the Vietnam War is over, and it's time to it, celebrate it, Christmas. It, it's always <laughs> it doesn't strike a melancholy to- tone with you, like so. This is Christmas. No, not begun? at all. Another year's over. New year begun. I mean, it sounds like no, no. I hear you, but but doing? that was the nature of Lenin. Like I think he was just always asking questions. But th- I think the nature of the like it 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 makes me happy when I hear it. Neil, you mentioned the you said the Ravenettes. Mm-hmm. So there is a song called the C- Christmas song, and it's when Karen yes. Carpenter sings, and that's the oh, one really? that starts. That's the one that starts out with um, chestnuts roasting. Nat King Cole also does it. So yes, yes, that's a yes. different Karen Carpenter's version of that song is, and her her version of Little Drummer Boy is great. I do think the uh, the Charlie Brown. Christmas time is, is the weirdest Christmas song. Like that's like a French es- existential <laughs> Christmas, but it's cool. Oh, it's cool. Uh, I would also say going to the classics. I mean, ha- there's some really good versions of "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas" as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's have a good one. yourself a merry little Christmas. Real quick, do you have a least favorite Christmas song? Oh, all I want for Santa is you. No, hey Santa, Neil. No, not that I, I can think of. I'm going to go with Jingle Bells. What? I've never been a fan of that song. I don't like it's it. It's really your, it's it's your least favorite. It's worse than like you, you, you name Wham willingly and then you're going to shit on Jingle Bells. <laughs> it's either Jingle Bells or a Holly Jolly Christmas. I, I just don't need to hear either one of those. Yeah, but I'll, you need to hear I'll Wham. Go, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Holly Jolly Christmas. That's... <laughs> no, but seriously, how does that song go? Can you sing it for me? Uh, last Christmas. Give oh. you my heart. That song sounds <laughs> like someone spilt some of that shit from Prometheus on a Christmas tree Dude, branch. Dude, I was <laughs> And that song came. Joking. But then you're crapping on Jingle Bells. and I don't like Jingle Bells. Oh, I got one we haven't talked about. Merry Christmas from the Family by Robert Earl Kane. Do you know that one, Josh? Is that a staple around Mississippi? He starts out and he's like, Mom got drunk and Dad got drunk at our Christmas party. We were drinking homemade punch and champagne eggnog. Like I, I've heard it before, good, but not, I mean, it's not a staple. <laughs> and definitely one of the one of the saddest songs is the Simon and Garfunkel "Silent Night" seven o'clock news. I don't know what is this. Silent I've never Night. heard that. What is this? They're singing "Silent Night," and it's just like the seven o'clock news. Like eleven nurses were murdered. <laughs> Someone's like yeah, it's basically not a just good idea, Simon. Horrible, horrible news under them singing "Silent." You've never heard that? Weird. Like, so-and-so is going to court for l- l- murdering 11 nurses, blah, blah, blah. It's just the all saddest. Is all is calm. Oh, that's strange. And on that note, you are listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. This week is my week, and I chose Elvis Presley's 1957 release. Blue Christmas. 
been my favorite holiday, holiday tune to the point where I'm pretty sure when we ever, ever played around the holidays I always wanted to cover this I know we played it at least once or twice it was first performed by Doy Odell in 1948 but I figured we you know we're mainly just going to discuss the Elvis version being a Mississippi kid and my mom being a member of his fan club when when she was growing up in the 50s in Mississippi I heard a lot of Elvis and, and this song is one of those I heard often every year. It makes me feel good, even though it's not necessarily a happy song. It's still somewhat upbeat. You know, the vocal is quintessential Elvis. And, you know, it blends elements of country, rockabilly, rhythm and blues. And it's just a straight up rock and roll Christmas song. It's got to be one of the first ones. You know, his version was in 1957. And it's just perfect for the holiday season, so... So, for clarity, when you say it's your favorite holiday song, do you mean full stop? It's your favorite? If I'm going to, like, old church songs, I'd probably say Silent Night is my favorite Christmas song. So you mean more, like, kind of pop? Yeah, I would say I would say for purposes of what we talk about on this podcast, I wasn't going to pick Silent Night. Oh, no, totally. I, just was, I was looking for, I didn't know if you were like, no, this is the best. It crushes Silent Night. I don't know no, no, no. That. I mean, I, I think I think Silent Night's probably my is, is a beautiful, like, gorgeous song. I wouldn't really say that about Blue Christmas. I would just say this makes me feel good during the holiday season. Because you feel better than that poor son of a bitch is what it is. You're like, at least I'm not that dude. That's what <laughs> exactly. it is. It's, it's you feel good by comparison. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's a great song. You know, I mean, very well written. Elvis is Elvis. It's like fucking Einstein at this point i mean it's it's an adjective i mean that's how <laughs> significant elvis is yeah and you're right this is peak elvis you know which is yeah. a great peak to reach i mean you gotta love him you can't do anything but appreciate it and drink to it <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a very interesting take on a christmas song kind of for its time like blending sadness and the sentimental like nature of christmas it, it shines a light on the sentimental nature. Like, you, you kind of want someone to spend Christmas with. You know, everyone's had a blue Christmas. If you haven't, good for you. But <laughs> I think it's nice, but it's not... It's definitely not my favorite version of this song. And I feel like it's almost kind of a novelty. It's, uh, it's got Elvis's, like, crooning and the super weird but effective harmonies. I definitely prefer other Christmas songs and other versions of this song, but it's definitely cool. It definitely has a, a big effect. It's weird because it is a sad Christmas. Like, it's not Krampus. Like, it's not full-on, like, <laughs> horror film. But it's kind of weird to mix, like, a sad Christmas song. I was thinking it's kind of like North Pole After Dark, which is basically any time after March until September. The fucking <laughs> North Pole Lounge. Everyone's just sitting around, and all the elves are out of work. And it's 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 it's, it's feel juxtaposed. Is that the word we're looking for? I think I'm I'm looking at juxtaposed. I'm gonna stand with juxtaposed. Sure, sure. Well, I do think it's juxtaposed with White Christmas. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, any, I, or just Christmas in general, red and green. But Christmas I wonder. Too. But I, I wonder if the writers who are Billy Hayes and J. W. Johnson, I wonder if they wrote this as kind of a alternate reality to White Christmas. Well, no, it's just it is a real experience, right? Of course. But and I would I would say I'm not sure that 
what Neil Neil you said like it's so everybody wants to be with someone on Christmas. I don't even listen to this as if he's like absolutely alone. You know, like he's well, got to be with somebody. Not. No, it's too sad. That's what it's too I th- sad that's if he's I'm just like walking down the street or sleeping on a bench Could or something. Be. You know, it's not. It's not. Could be. My son calls another man daddy by like Hank Williams. It ain't like that kind of <laughs> that dark. <laughs> my wife calls him daddy too. Well, by the way, that's never good. And that's why I called her novelty because you know Elvis isn't alone. Like you can tell, like he's definitely got a lady. He's just. Oh, he's It's kind of almost 40. like he fucked up or Christmas makes you sentimental and you're like, ah oh, man, that old, that old flame. God, I wish she was around because it's Christmas time, but in January, fuck her. <laughs> well, but what it is, is anytime there's an opportunity for celebration, if you don't have that celebration, you immediately feel a loss. Even like baseline is not acceptable at Christmas. It's, Christmas should be with family and friends or, you know, whatever holiday season you, you celebrate. It should be with folks, hanging out, having a good time. And even just same old, same old feels like, feels sad at Christmas. Like hanging out by yourself or, or even if you're just, you just don't have your family. It sounds like he is missing his, his family. Yeah, it shines a light on either he fucked up or he shouldn't be with this girl. Like, there's a reason they're not together. But for some reason, Christmas makes you feel like, oh, man, I wish you were around. Because it's the most wonderful time of the year, and it turns into the saddest time yes, of the year, which the just makes wonderful. it fucking twice as sad. <laughs> yes, well, yes. But I would I would say that, you know, we were talking about, mentioned Silent Night earlier. A lot of the, like, church songs about Christmas are, are very solemn. They're not there's necessarily a reverence. sad. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a reverence. I, I was looking it but, up. It's not the first sad Christmas song. Um, <laughs> what did you Google? First sad no, Christmas no, song? No, no, the... Um, <laughs> if Only in My Dreams. Oh, I'll Be if Home for Christmas? Only yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'll, I'll Be Home for Christmas. It's, it, it's a different kind of sad. This is blues. It's someone who has the blues. This is relationship sad. This isn't I Can't Get Home sad which is which actually enforces the fact that you have a family that you want to see this is worse because it's like i got nothing yeah and it sucks because this is when you're supposed to have something that's i think the you know the lyrics do an excellent job of like painting that picture of missing someone loneliness and i would say my favorite line you know, and when those blue sna- snowflakes start falling, that's when the blue memories start calling. I just love that little line. The blue snowflakes start falling. Speaking of the writing, I love kind of the the use of just colors. You know, it's called Blue Christmas. Yes. Like the second line or the third line is the red and green on a Christmas tree. And then they're talking about the blue snowflakes and the white christmas it's just it's it's a great use of poetry just kind of using the colors <laughs> Josh. Do, yeah do you feel like when he mentions white christmas in there you'll be doing your all right with your christmas of white do you feel like that's ca- kind of like a call out to white christmas i feel like it is was it well, it's he, a reference. do you I think mean, the writers fits. did that yeah sure, I, I think i think for sure out of convenience i think though I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah 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 but yeah sure but the thing is, White Christmas is just describing snow. So it's not like they patented the yeah. term. You know, it's just they're just describing snow. So it's like, you know, you'll be doing all right, and I'm here in the, the black snow. 
in the ditch with my bike. <laughs> here where the, ca- where the cars have been driving over. It's black and yellow. There's a beer uh, at Trader Joe's called Simpler Times, and me and my buddy used to always laugh and call it Happier Times. <laughs> like you drink it, and you're just like sitting there, and you're like kind of drooling, but you have a smile on your face on the sidewalk. And you're kind of happy a little bit. <laughs> I do yeah. love, it's, it's so short and sweet from a songwriting perspective. There's two verses and the the chorus. I mean, I know, uh, I think Ernest Tubbs did an, an extra verse in there, which is... Yeah, there's that third version. In, it's pretty in sweet. a lot of yeah, yeah. versions. Yeah, I mean, well, this is, this is pretty but much a But it gets a, a little song. religious on that third it, verse. This is a country song that Elvis turned into a rock song, right? Yes, yeah. but... I, the, the I first say, song, you could argue I, blue, country blues. The, 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 the first four recorded versions, well, the first two were Day O'Dell and Ernest Tubb, straight-up country so songs good, of though. that so era. I, I like those better, for sure. And, but they're saying but then, blue in it. Like, I mean, it is, it's very bluesy. Like, it's not... Oh, yeah, for sure. El Paso. For sure. Well, right. yeah. This song, I feel like, what it does maybe different than other Christmas songs is it's about an individual that's not Santa or Frosty or Jesus, right? It's, it's about the person. It's, it's almost like a, it's first person. I think it, descri- it creates a character, and the character I see, now that I think about it for 15 seconds, is Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon because he's sitting there mm. in the trailer, and his wife had died, and he's fucking got a 9 millimeter bread in his mouth and a, <laughs> all this stuff and a mullet. Does he? Do, do they play that song? In no, but it's that. It's that. It's, <laughs> but it, they it's should. What, what they this should. song has that. that, that when they I'll eventually remake it. Yeah. I'll be home for Christmas is nostalgic. This yes. tune is sad. It's, it's, it's relationship. It it brings romance into Christmas, or romantic loss. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think I mean it goes just to like romanticism, sentimental, like just Christmas brings up those vibes and it really taps into that sentimental romanticism well and also if it was written as a country song in the late 40s you know jonathan i know you watched the ken burns country music documentary as well like that was like a time when country like country music was they were really just writing songs about breakups like that's what's just what most country music was about at that time because more people were starting to get divorced so it was something that people were talking about more and that it kind of started showing in that Appalachia country hillbilly well, music they the, were still calling it at the, the thing time. is songwriting wise this song's pretty paint by numbers I mean the lyrics are yes. good they work real well but it's, it's very common chord progression it's yeah it, it's you know it's a very common chord progression the melody is pretty predictable the, the lyrics are very good and illustrative and Elvis you know or whatever it's it, it's of the straight ahead songwriting that you see I mean there's a lot of songs that use this chord progression and, and just just to put a bow on the songwriting section where on the bow uh, as, as as you you know I, I will say like jonathan you know we you've mentioned in past pods that or past episodes that it's a great song if there's multiple versions of it that are great and of this song there are so i think you know songwriting wise there it's hard to find fault in the song it is like you said paint by numbers but it's effective and it's it's very open to interpretation in in very good ways it's like an in and out cheeseburger. Like it's a cheeseburger, but it's probably the best cheeseburger most folks are going to get conveniently. Like it's that. Or or think they a little overrated in my. Well, opinion. no, but there, there may be places that are better, but they're not like 
a 500 of them, right? Like, I mean, in terms of but like, it's, it's unique. It's Fair. unique. Fair. Like yeah, in yeah. and out. There's nothing like a double. There's a double. quality to it. And this song, so it's not doing anything new, but it is, you know, it could be Bojangles of the South, you know, if you know the Southern, like there's different mm, things. Yeah, I, miss, I miss Bojangles. I miss Bojangles too. <laughs> we all miss Bojangles. So to kind of transition into the music, I noticed something. I don't know if you guys are going to agree with me on this, but the music with the harmonies, it's sad and it's lonely and you know it's heartbreaking but it almost the, the the way that they do the mu- the 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 music in the song with Elvis vocal and the harmonies and that dum 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 it almost sounds like a daydream like it sounds like he's daydreaming <laughs> a dream well, it's kind of the classic 50s thing though right yeah it's Hold got on. that kind of like we talked about in the um Everly Brothers yeah, when exactly. will I be loved i mean it's got that that sound that reverb and if we're talking about the music, um, it's obviously Elvis on lead vocals, rhythm guitar, Scotty Moore on lead guitar, who mm. um, I think he was his gu- lead guitarist the, for, he's yeah, the, which mm-hmm. is super cool. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's he's the guy. Like, he's the guy yeah. that everybody from Keith Richards to Jimmy Page to George yeah. Harrison sat and studied. Well, he's um, the guy who went into Sun Records with him. Oh, yeah. and, cool. Um, it's Bill Black, <laughs> Bill Black on double bass, DJ uh-huh. Fontana on the drums. Dudley Brooks on piano, great name. <laughs> the Jordanaires on backing vocals, and Millie Kirkham on backing vocal. Um, and I mean, it must be pointed out that the vocals are so weird and um, crazy. Like <laughs> I, I, I hate them and I love them at what? the same time. What? No, they they sound like a winter wind, and I I love them because they are so. It's tough. Like you could never pull that off again. I know we've tried to cover the song and just doing that. It's like God. You sound. It sounds. It just sounds horrible. It's so like it's so fragile. This this vocal. It's true. Yeah, it's funny because you said that, Neil. Because I was always like, I never liked them either. But then today I listened to them. I was like, oh, it's the wind. It's representative. And you're not supposed to like the wind, right? It's dissonant. It's kind of mm-hmm. off-putting. Mm-hmm. I agree. It could be feel a bit overproduced. I, I, I want to point out a couple of things. Uh, the band is basically his band. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Jordanaires are backup singers who were like session folks in Nashville that sang on all the like George Jones tunes and all that stuff. So they were like a pretty classic uh, group. And but but I heard it today and it's like it's wind. And when I hear it as something I'm not, it's supposed to make me uncomfortable. It's supposed I'm not supposed to like it. Eh, mm-hmm. I can find artistic merit for it. Yeah, it's so out there. It's it's so unique. You know, it, it definitely stands out as one of the main points of the song because there's so many versions, but this is the only one where you hear those weird ass harmony. This is my favorite part of the song. It's not even close. Like the 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 harmonies, like that. That's your favorite part kinda, of the song. That is my favorite. It the always has been. That shit. It sets such a cool mood for this song, and and as we will discuss in under the covers <laughs> later, which I guess we're already a little bit under the covers. Well, since, no, you know, but I did I did list in my notes that the harmonies were my least favorite part and my favorite part. <laughs> they made me feel the happiest and the dirtiest at the same time. <laughs> But well, because I think if you take those away, you really just have Elvis vocal is just Elvis impersonator vocal. You know, I mean, there's some songs he has where it's not just like, all right, I'm going to hear this in Vegas. But this is like <laughs> Elvis anybody can Elvis really do this impersonation. <laughs> I'll say this. 
I think what they could do, they could just bring him down in the mix a little bit. If they brought him down in the mix, <laughs> you could have him. No, no, seriously. No, it's not they are, binary. It is, it's, 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 it's not it's have right him, don't front, have him. It's right up front. Yeah. It's right, and, and it's kind of piercing and grating. If they brought mm-hmm. it down a little bit. Well, yeah. That's, yeah that's, I think that's that would help. That's why I said it's my least favorite. It's my favorite because it's so unique and so hard to pull off. But it also is like, just let Elvis sing enough with the doo 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 doo. Just speaking of Elvis's vocal, I think it's great, but there's a lot of Elvis stuff that it's a little too much. Another part I listed as one of my least favorites is how he says Christmas. Blue, 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 blue Christmas. <laughs> but I have a blue. Thing about the king, the thing about being the king is you literally—it's impossible to break the law if you're the king. So he can't do anything wrong by definition of being the king. One other thing I'll say: I wonder if the Stones got their hoo-hoos from this for uh, "Sympathy for the Devil" because it's got a similar vibe. Well, I, remember when I said earlier that anybody could do the Elvis impersonation of this song? I think Neil just proved me wrong. But <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, I wasn't but, trying to oh. impress you, bro. I did. I did. I did. I did read that the. And this may be a reason why you, you find them so interesting that the the vocal the, the Jordanaires um, replace many of the major and minor thirds with neutral and septable minor thirds. I don't know what that means, but they do something different there. And basically, the the notes they sing over blue is like they, they try they're trying to constitute a musical play on words yeah well they're they're kind of like blues notes that they're trying to it's kind of like an easter egg like oh check us out singing blue notes over blue christmas <laughs> <laughs> having some fun in the studio bro i think the issue maybe it makes it feel it's really the thing that it's really the only thing that dates it Otherwise, it's pretty. It's kind of like those those harmonies remind me of like the animation in Rudolph the Red Nose Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. It's like oh, it's oh. super <laughs> awkward, but it's kind of the charm but because it's so it's great. So, yeah, it makes they're, the, it, they're the audio aging. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It definitely, that, that's the, fair. That makes those sense. Harmonies, I agree with that. They sound like that looks. Yes, the the Yeti snowman like. <laughs> but at the same time, see, that's not. I don't like it in country music in general when they start putting too much stuff in there. Like, it gets on my nerves. So that part of it, like I said, I would like for it to be not quite as prominent. But I do think it's just dated a little bit. But at this point, it's just kind of classic. It just falls under the, like, like I said, the snowman, um, you know, it, it, the animation mm-hmm. of yeah. Rudolph. And the, um, oh, it's like the whistle of his nose when it lights up. Yeah, and one more point about the music. I loved that um, just the, the lead guitar Sounds like he's playing it with a matchstick, or not a matchstick, a matchbook. You know what I mean? It's like, boom, boom, boom. Like, there's something about like the clicking of the strings that. Is it a kinda... tape delay? I need to listen. It may be. It, it sounds like a yeah. click. Like yeah, right well, back? it sounds like that classic country like sound uh, where it almost it. sounds like a uh, yeah, like a like an echo or some yeah. kind of like slap back kind of. Christmas tree. The way to get that is you do a, a quick slap back with one echo, just one. Okay, yeah. Even more yeah. than one, it's, it's just so it's like that, that, and you almost don't quite even notice if it's fast enough. So that's probably, mm-hmm. I haven't listened mm-hmm. to it, but if you're hearing, that's probably what it used yeah. to drive me crazy trying to figure out what that is. And he's classic, because he, he used that in a 
you know, all the, uh, that's all right, mama. Like he defined that. That well, and and that um that doo, 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 doo. like he does they do that in a lot of Elvis yeah. too. We just yeah, said sure. to crush it. Yeah, doo, 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 doo. I mean, hey, hey, hey. I mean, I do love the the walk up and the walk down that they do in that one little break section. I don't I don't know if you would call that a chorus or a break. The music and the songwriting, just in general, like the way they took this song, because without the the Christmas lyrics. It could just be another Elvis song, but what are the intervals or the the melodies that make a Christmas song? You know what I mean? They're, they're, this still has elements of a Christmas song, but like, it's just some. You know what it's I mean? It's just them saying Christmas. What's that? It's no, just them no, saying no. Christ- yeah, it really is. There's nothing else about yeah. it. Nothing to do with Christmas. Yeah, I don't. I don't really relate this musically with anything. I mean, like this. This almost like even that part. You know, decorations. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like the Christmas tree. Dun, 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 dun. I don't think that's well, that sounds like with every Christmas. MGM opening movie. It, it's like it's like Run yes. on Rudolph. Is okay, about very Christmas. theatrical. So maybe just, not this song, but just in general, like I think this has a little bit of that. But there's something about Christmas songs that make them, whether it's the melody or the intervals or something that that make them Christmas songs. You know, I think it's just the Christmas word. No. Now, if you want to break it down into like old school songs, they tend to have big melodic intervals and they're sweeping like "Oh Holy Night." Well, look, look. but that's not didn't really have a whole lot. No, I think this has a little bit of uh, that Christmas magic to it. (laughs) No, a lot of Christmas songs they have different changes or bells or uh, different things that make them Christmas songs. So, is there a song that, that has Christmas spirit without saying Christmas? Yeah, yeah. There's plenty. That w- with the production, with but, I mean, the bells, I'm saying what the, I'm saying. Like, can you name me songs that have a sense of Christmas without saying Christmas, or talk about snow or snowman? Or, I mean, Ave Maria, I, I guess, but that's just like the most beautiful melody of ever. I wouldn't even agree kind. that that is Christmas. Well, they play it at Christmas because it's like the Mother Mary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's associated with Christmas. Yeah, for sure. but it just causes yeah, but. And, but I'm with um, you. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'll come back to you on that. I tell you, a great Christmas song that no one ever talks about is from 30 Rock, Tracy Jordan, Christmas Wishes Shooting From My Eyes. That is a classic <laughs> Christmas song everyone should check out. Christmas Jesus Wishes Christ. Shooting From My Eyes. <laughs> oh, it's, re- it's real straight ahead, like you were saying, Josh. It's, um, it's just a blues song. They throw Christmas in there. Elvis does Elvis gets not the Vienna yeah. Boys Choir or anything. It's you know it's just well, he's not at Sun. He's at RCA. I mean, right, that, that was a label this was on. But this is on the Elvis Christmas album, which is in '57. I listened to it today, and it's is, it's it's a great. Are listen. all the instruments on it? All the everything? Um, yes. I just have a hard time because when did That's Right Mama come out? In like '56. Yeah, they were pulling out all the stops, like production-wise, on this album. But in '64, um, he's like making movies and stuff. He's a full-on superstar. But in '57, yeah, but they, he's they, big they didn't re-record this in '64. They just released it as a single. What I was because, again, say is, it, maybe they just did the bass tracks and then added to it to make it because it feels like '64. On the on the '57, it, it sounds exactly like Interesting. this. Interesting. We could probably combine the production with our under the covers section because we can compare how these sound and like the different production that was going on in these songs. I mean, this, uh, I will say before we move on from the, um, uh, the Elvis Christmas album, the, his, uh, peace in the Valley on that album is so good. 
it, it's and I've always yeah I mean I've always known the song I didn't hear it for the first time today but I, I, that's my favorite version of that song it's definitely the best song in that album listen to Elvis Peace in the Valley from that Christmas album it's it's just phenomenal on production I loved his uh, his 68 comeback special on NBC him doing yeah. this song I loved that so much more it didn't have the harmonies it was just him and a couple guys sitting around he's in just complete black leather fucking playing this song nothing says Christmas like black leather that entire <laughs> comeback special is, pheno- is and is it's great, just though. such a great name the comeback special live on NBC from Burbank California the Elvis comeback special I'm trying to figure out what was he coming back from the Beatles crushing it for fucking three or four years? No, he was that? coming back from uh, his movie career. Ah, well, like basically, he had just was he not releasing music? No, he was doing too many movies. All 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 his music was just being like watered down with like, oh, hey, right. let's do this shitty movie, and then you can do this <laughs> shitty album with it, yeah, and then okay. it just kept getting shittier. Basically, and then he was trying to get into like real acting, that did not work out. Oh, he was no. like, all right. I'm coming back. <laughs> but also, it's a Christmas song. So if you, you know, maybe they just wanted to release a Christmas song to take advantage of it's a promo the holiday thing, right? season. They do that. Yeah. It's I a, mean, that, that, that can also, like you were saying, Neil, he's coming back from all this stuff. It's like, that can help your career. Well, yeah. That's an easy way to just sell some quick songs. And the, the comeback Record. special was supposed to be a Christmas-themed whole thing. And Elvis <laughs> was like, no, I'm not coming back. And singing a bunch of Christmas songs, we I'll sing Blue Christmas, but we're gonna make this the comeback special, not Elvis presents Christmas on NBC. Elvis like fuck Christmas. He, I'm basically, black he leather. was he was out. He was like, I'm not into this at all. If it's gonna be some kind of Christmas, I bet bullshit. if they would have asked him in '72, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I love that he he basically took the reins. and was like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm doing my songs. We're gonna my boys are coming. And we're going to do some good songs. I'll do Blue Christmas. I'll mention Christmas, but that's it. Why don't we slide under the covers a little further? I don't know if I like that. <laughs> and talk about Johnny's some of the other It's like front. you're putting your arm around me and I'm backing toward the door. You and know, then... since, we're, since we're good and, and, and lubed up on eggnog and whatnot. <laughs> Christmas the, spirit. We got the Christmas spirit. What was your favorite cover that you heard? There's so many. Well, it, to be a, the, to be a the version we're talking pick. about is a cover. Right. But other than this, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I liked Ernest Tubbs' version. It was, I think that was the second version. Yeah. It was very country. And just the just the old country Hawaiian guitar playing is just so amazing on that. Um, yeah, it sounds great. Frankie Avalon's version was very sad and mysterious. Um, and <clears throat> I also liked uh, a version by a band, Ivan and Alosha. They kind of made it rocking. I love that band. I I found them. They did a cover of a Dylan song on a, on an album a while back, but um, that was great. Yeah, I like them. I I didn't hear their cover of the song though. That's cool. Yeah, I think I'm just going straight Porky Pig. Porky <laughs> Pig. <laughs> I would say you know the Beach Boys version. I really enjoyed. I thought Brian Wilson sounds great singing this song it's in the arrangement while intricate is very like low in the mix uh our, our girl sharon van etten did a cover that she sure is, did yeah it's pretty good eh, it's a little too busy i don't think i would listen to it again 
the Lumineers did one. They try to make it into like a singer-songwriter version of this song, which is it's not fine. preferable. Fine. Uh, there's a weird like Martina McBride in Elvis, like that they like did a duet but, like, <laughs> yeah. in yeah. 2008. Well, and they did a video where they they dubbed her into the 68 comeback from special. the 68. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so weird. So, question, philosophical question: When you cover a song like this, do you try to make it your own, or do you just try to go? Not a, not Elvis impersonator, but like, do you try to go straight at it and just try to get the vibe and get in and out, or do you really try to f- mess with it? Because I'm of I'm of the stick to the basics, just sing the song, let the song do the work, get in, get out. Thoughts? Yeah. Well, everyone does it their own way. I don't think anyone tried to, any version does not sound like Elvis at all. Like, but is that everyone, a good thing? Is my point? Like, no, I think it's good? a great thing. I think it's one of the best things about the song is everyone. They play with the notes and the melody so much. Like every version you hear, they sing it so differently than Elvis did, you know. And even the original, like it's it's all kind of, it, it it's such an open kind of ground for you to play with the melody. But I mean, will you ever listen to any version? I will never seek out of any version but Elvis or something like Elvis. Yes. Well, after after going through the song and and researching it. It's not my favorite. I, I there's a bunch I like oh, yeah, better than Elvis's version. So yeah. yes, I will. Okay, well, what I'll say to your point, Jonathan, the just going at this song, just basically taking it and going at it. The Kelly Clarkson version is a good example of that. There's a real nice piano solo. She's not trying to reinvent the song. It's really just here's the song. Here's just the straightforward. The what the guy wrote. I can sing it well, and that's it. Like she and him did a version. It's like Indian cute, but it's not very good. Buble did one. Connick Jr. did one. Yeah, Sinatra yeah. did one. Johnny Mathis did one. They all sound exactly like you would well, think yeah. that their version of the song with and Dean Martin the yeah. same. Dean Martin and I like most of them. It just sound like you don't feel the pain. I don't even feel the pain in Elvis's version, but I do in the original Ernest Tubbs and Ernest uh, Day or of Doyle or whatever. I feel the pain in those, but since then it's kind of this like. Oh, I'm gonna. I you know I got my girl by my side, but I'm gonna sing this blue Christmas song. Yeah, and, and and to to Neil's point, I would say there's three different versions of the song. There's either like the the Day Odell Ernest Tubb version, which is really like a, a a country crooning ballad from like the late 40s, early 50s. The Elvis version, which is like kind of a rockabilly take on it, and then the Beach Boys take on it, which is very Beach Boys. Those are the three mo- most different. I feel like all the other ones are more a take on the. Ernest Tubb earlier version than the Elvis version. Yeah, honestly. And just one quick point. I loved how um, I think it was on the the original version where it comes in, the music comes in with Silent Night. It's like bam, 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 bam. Wow, how blue. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, gonna... it's so cool how they used a different Christmas song to bring that in. It was, it was very uh, creative. If you took the harmonies out, I'm asking you, Neil, if you took the harmonies out of the Elvis version, would that get it closer to the Ernest Tubbs? I'm no, trying to ice no. Okay, so it's not that. It's actually how no, it sings. No, no. Well, it's the um, it's the the slide, the um, the pedal steel, and just just that that old sound. Yeah. And and also just, I really love Elvis. I love a lot of his stuff, but on this specifically, he's definitely leaning into the oh, <laughs> like it's just so much. And then, like I said, my least favorite part is Christmas. <laughs> oh, so he says, what does he say? Christmas. Neil, you're singing this cover, by the way. 
Um, he says Christmas. Blue, blue, blue Christmas. All right. So as we as we slide under the influence, <laughs> what are you drug me now? Now I'm Josh drugged under the covers and looped up. I do not like. We're any under the of covers. This. Now we're going under the influence. <laughs> Slipping. Um, I, th- I think we 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 skip our usual. Uh, here's what influences song. Quit blah blah blah. T- to <laughs> it's only in your head. Jonathan, does the shoe fit? Yeah, yeah, it fits like a big black Santa Claus boot. You know, it's a pumpkin spice latte of a song, but it's a damn good one, and I'll take it any day. Neil. Yeah, it fits like a, a red suede shoe. Zinger. Um, <laughs> coming in hot. I was impressed. Um, <laughs> does the shoe fit section belongs to Neil Marsh tonight. <laughs> I'm going to say that it uh, it definitely fits like a warm pair of slippers around the fire at Christmas. <laughs> With someone passed out in your bed under the covers and not sure? remember what the fuck you're doing to Are you them. talking casual boots? <laughs> I'm talking about slippers, son. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and now we are going to play Blue Christmas. Have a happy holiday season and new year from all of us at Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue just thinking about you. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree that won't be the same, dear. You're not here with me, and when those blue snowflakes start. just heard was performed by Josh Bond and Neil Marsh. Thanks for listening to Pod Gay Rock and Roll to you. 
If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at PodGayRock. Next week, we are taking a week off, but we will be back on Tuesday, January 5th, and it'll be Jonathan's week. And Jonathan, what will we be discussing? Uh, We'll be discussing the David Bowie song, The Man Who Sold the World, but we're going to focus on the Nirvana version from their um, Unplugged on MTV uh, episode. Can't wait! (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.